Welcome to episode 19 of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. My guest this week, a man who knows the inside leg measurements of all his male friends. It's Ed Lamb. Hello, mate. Good to, good to be here. Finally be back on a, on, on season two, looking for a, another good run. Looking forward to yeah. it. You were very quick to volunteer this week, mate. Well, I, th- I think it only the results speak for themselves this week. So I, I had to get in early after the uh, absolute unfair drubbing I got uh, last <laughs> week. So I thought I'd uh, I'd get in early because looking at uh, my team, I, I'm not sure I'll be able to do it again anytime soon. So yeah, <laughs> that does seem to be the vibe so far this season. People like wanting to come on immediately after a win and settle some scores, which frankly I love it. Yeah, get get strike where the iron's hot. I suppose is the is the phrase, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, from some of the questions I've got, uh, some people like to continue that uh, abuse even after they've been on the podcast and they just want to keep it rolling. I, uh, which, uh, you know, I appreciate. Well, hopefully, not in Jake's direction because we're all being nice to him this season. Remember, so I, I thought that bit of audio got lost. Oh well, may, maybe yeah, may, maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe oh. it went out into the ether. Damn. I, I, I was okay. on the, the Patreon version though, so you know, behind that paywall. Yeah, so yeah, I can subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, these uh, content creators like myself, we've got to make money somehow. Well, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh week two of the regular season's in the books, and I thought last week's pod worked pretty well. Uh slight change in format, and uh, that seems to have vibed with most of the four person audience that we've got. Um so I think we're going to stick with that. I think we're definitely going to stick with the uh, things we love to see part of the content. Um, and then a slightly tweaked other section, which we're going to call It's the Hope That Kills You. And I think both of those are real mottos for for this league of uh, of extraordinary gentlemen. So, um, yeah, we'll go with that from now on. Of course, we'll touch in on the, ga- on the performances in the games this week. And then special feature, because we've got the tailor, we couldn't let him go without doing the top five all-time NFL uniforms. Um, and then I think we've got a couple of audience questions to finish things off. So how does that sound to you, Ed? Sounds all good to me. I'm ready to go. <laughs> right. Well, let's get rolling then. Let's move straight into the things we love to see. So let's start with don't call it a comeback <laughs> from the Giants and the Commanders, which sounds a little bit like a sort of bootleg Russell Crowe film. Um, I mean, as our resident Giants fan, uh, talk us through the range of emotions you experienced on Sunday. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, from from the lows to highs, because what because I I'd messaged you at what time on Sunday saying uh, <laughs> saying oh god not again um, <laughs> just when uh, that 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 pick went in and I and I thought Jesus Christ uh, no th- th- this can't be can it was it. What time was that? That must have yeah, quarter past ten. That was so an hour after kickoff, and this is when we 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 went down. I mean, you look at the we went sixty points to zero in in six quarters of football, <laughs> oh, and I I just I could I couldn't believe it. I mean, completely outplayed last week. Yep, fair enough. But then against Josh Dobbs, I was I was like, what is going wrong? But you know, I said earlier. I said in reply to, I said, well, the talent hasn't changed this much this year from last year. Yeah, Darren Waller, as he, you know, he's not fit really, expected to help the offense a lot. But I mean, we overachieved last year massively, which has put 
a huge expectation on us. Um, I also think, you know, we've got the toughest schedule um, in terms of that. I know that Arizona aren't aren't tough, but still to go down to go down twenty to nothing to them, it, it was it was ridiculous, and it was it's almost as if we haven't started our season till till halftime. I mean, you look you look you look at it. Only in the fourth quarter did we really really start going. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at the Arizona's last four possessions, they totaled 73 yards. It, you know, so that, so it wasn't as if we played in, they kind of, they kind of stopped playing and it was kind of a reverse of that in the first half where neither team were going at the same time sort of thing. It it wasn't one team scores, the next team scores or anything like that. It kind of, we didn't turn up in the first half. They didn't turn up in the second half, you know? Um, So yeah, it was just a very, very, but, Good to get a win, you know. Uh, yeah. Nobody wants to start zero and two, you know. It's, it's a long no, way back from there. I thought they showed some real character in, in coming back, you know. Um, and obviously, you got great fantasy performance from Vanilvic, our guy. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, and and from Saquon as well. You know, kind of more on him later. But um, you know, you're right. That nothing materially has changed with the Giants. It's still the same. Really good coaches. It's still the same collection of players. Darren Waller is is an addition. Um, like you said, he's he's not fully fit, but he's a really good player. And um, I thought that that uh, Jalen Hyatt catch was like it was that was like the shot to the system that they needed. It was a great catch. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a really fun player for you guys and could become fantasy relevant later in the season. Um, and and then things went from there. It was like they woke up, uh, and and that was I thought really encouraging to see. And and I think that you you don't come back from that unless your coach is good. And there's no there's no questioning about you know it, the the coach the coaching aspect of it. They're, they're yeah. very very well coached, you know. And you think, well, okay, let's let you know what everything that could go wrong did go wrong, you know? So it's, it was, it was all a bonus from there in, in, in reality, but yeah, good to, to bounce back, you know, get that, get that monkey off the back of, you know, the, 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 the bagel who puts up a bagel, but it was all, <laughs> all time, all t- tied all time comeback for yeah. the, the organization. So, you know, that's, that's never something you really want to wear because <laughs> it means at some point you've been playing absolutely dog, haven't you? Like if, <laughs> if, if you are tired, uh, franchise comeback record. So, yeah. <laughs> and then the commander's comeback was even wilder. That game was, was absolutely topsy-turvy. It was, uh, it was crazy. The Broncos came out. They looked really, really like efficient. Uh, some great downfield passing from uh, Mister Unlimited, uh, and then in the second half, they completely shit the bed. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how they could look two completely different teams from one half to the next. In the second half, uh, Russ could barely complete a pass. I, yeah. I just couldn't understand what I was watching. It was weird, wasn't it? So I I was sort of was was sort of following it and and. When you consider that it's kind of, I think that Denver lost the game rather than sort of Washington yeah. made a comeback to it because Washington missed a field goal on the, the opening possession. So, you know, and then the, and then it was the third the third quarter really sort of turned it for them, um, you know, off, off turnovers really. You know, Denver sort of, they missed another field goal off of the turnover. So it's not like, it's not like Washington capitalized off of that, to, you know, which you, you often see, don't you? That, that teams do capitalize off of that. But 
yeah, it was just a very strange game. And, you know, and then my man, my man, Brian getting, getting some touchdowns in as well, you know, um, but then all of a sudden you thought, Oh, they're back in this with the touchdown. And then that must've been delightful for you to see, to see, uh, see a, a, a Mr. Unlimited failed two point conversion to, to try and win the game. <laughs> Well, I mean, as disappointing as the successful Hail Mary was. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah. Because he didn't even reach the end zone. No, that's like, true. Let, yeah. let's, let's not forget that. He's he's pumping <laughs> for the end zone. Twice, as hard as he yeah. throw the ball, doesn't get it there. Um, but it gets battered in there. And, you know, that's just a crazy play. It's great. I love those sort of plays, just like anarchy on the field. Um, but then obviously just, I don't know what he was going for on that two-point conversion. I, I guess Sutton is a big, strong receiver, but he wasn't open. No, well, it's um, a bizarre, it's not, bizarre. Not choice. the f- not the first time we've seen Russell Wilson uh, <laughs> throw it from the two yard line to somebody that wasn't open, has it? So I did think there was a little bit of history repeating itself there, but you know, I don't want to pile on Russ too much. He's you know, as, Do, as pointed out to me in the WhatsApp chat, him and Kirk Cousins currently occupy the number one and two uh, fantasy quarterback uh, spots, and they are two of my most piled upon uh, quarterbacks. Not necessarily for their fantasy product production, more for their uh, real life skills. But um, you know, I guess I've got to I got to take it on the chin that they're the number one and two at the moment. Well, fantasy doesn't mean you're a good quarterback. I mean, I managed to win a, a championship with Blake Bortles at the helm. So you know, you know, say what yeah. you want about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, two two wild games. Um, uh, the. The quality of week two generally wasn't incredible, but I think those games just made it so much fun to watch. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and I suppose it's to keeps that division interesting now that Commanders are you know gone to, gone to two and zero um, as well. So you know it's it's all to play for. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so going back to the Thursday night's game, uh, another thing we love to see, and Jake will particularly love to see this, uh, is DeAndre Swift running wild. Uh, 175 yards rushing and three receptions for a total of six yards, but let's not worry too much about the yardage. Um, he was absolutely brilliant. Best game of his career. Uh, I've always really liked Swift. Um, I had him in quite a few leagues where I'd taken him in rookie drafts, but he always sort of flattered to deceive. You sort of look at this though, and you go, and and then you you look at the parallel in Detroit right now, and what they're what they're doing there with Jameer Gibbs is like, actually, is it something about the way the Lions want to use their running backs um, means that that Swift was never really going to to work out there, and is he just being unfortunate, and and is he going to get completely unleashed on this Philadelphia offense? Um, I don't know. It's too early to tell, but that was a heck of a performance on Thursday night. He basically won the game for them. Yeah, twenty-eight carries, wasn't it? So that's yeah. you, you don't see you don't see that. No, you hadn't seen that of him in in Detroit, had you? Um, but no. nine first downs—that was what you know points-wise is in our league. Yeah. But that—that's what you want out of your running back, isn't it? You know, in a offense like that where you have got threats outside, you've got that quarterback. You know, Jonah Hurts doesn't need to do everything himself. You know, that's that's how talented that. That, that ball club is, I suppose, isn't it? And I think you mentioned it last week. They didn't give up a huge amount for him, really. When you when you when you, when you can, pick. yeah, when you when you consider it, you know, that's you you can plug him in. You know, if you can get two seasons out of him, I mean, they churn out running backs like like anything at the, these days, aren't they? But I, I we'll come on to that later, I'm sure. But yeah, no, good to see, and mainly because he was on Jake's bench, which you know. 
especially wow. when he's Jake is enamored with De- De- DeAndre Swift as well, isn't he? You know, he's a, loves him. It, it's like every word he comes out of his mouth is you know DeAndre Swift, way, especially last year, anyway. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, I like him as well. But when Jake offered me the one hundred and five for uh, DeAndre Swift, I had to take it. So, <laughs> and last week it looked to the amazing but uh, you know you never know you never know with uh, running back so good performance um talking of kind of good performances after sort of pretty bad week one performances josh allen bit of a bounce back week not quite the josh allen that we've necessarily seen in the past but back on track with 274 yards passing and, and three touchdowns spread it about a bit which i quite like to see you know um I, i'm sure stefan Diggs owners won't want to see Gabe Davis uh, named at the top of their receiving chart <laughs> too often. Um, but he he made a lot of passes to a lot of players. I mean, you know, James Cook got 36 yards receiving on top of his rushing as well. So, yeah, good to see, good to see Alan back to making good decisions and, and winning games comfortably. Yeah, accurate, wasn't he? Was he 31 of 37, which you don't often associate with him. You think big arm, big play. And he didn't do anything on the ground. Which no, which is very unlike him. I know there was that that hilarious failed hurdle attempt over his college teammate, which was quite funny, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> that that was quite good to see. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, he's had a good off season. I mean, in his personal life, let let's let's not kid ourselves. Now he's dating Haley Steinfeld. That's 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 a that's a tick in my box. But you know, <laughs> that's, he's get, <laughs> he's getting it right. You know, like, like he had to bounce back, didn't he, from week one? You know, he's he's yeah. too good for that. You know, so you you expect that from him, but it's just get get that offense churning. You know, like you said, if you can, you'll get opportunities to spread it around because Diggs commands so much attention, doesn't he? And it's you know, if they can just supplement in every, every couple of weeks or so an extra player, then to 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 unleave that workload, that's 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 good for him, I suppose. And if defenses are worried about Josh Allen and his passing, and it means that James Cook gets a, a hundred plus yards at <laughs> seven point two yards per carry, every week, that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, he's, he's certainly in the better situation of the two Cook brothers at this point in time. Oh, um, God, don't <laughs> <laughs> tough week for Dalvin. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next one I had on my list of things again that I personally love to see. Hey, you ain't the only one. <laughs> my man Debo Samuel. Oh, love it. I, I said it last week that you know you're not going to know which 49ers uh, wide yep. receiver is necessarily going to have a good day. And Brandon I getting injured early probably may have contributed to Debo having a, a really good day. And you look at the. You look at the box score and you're like, oh, he only had 63 yards receiving, but every one of those receptions was important. He had the 38 yards rushing. He closed out the game for the Niners. Um, he was there as the guy that Purdy was looking for. Um, and whilst you may just go, well, that's only like 101 yards, it was incredibly important. Uh, and um, he played great. He was a heartbeat of the team this week. Yeah, I think I really, really like him just as a... I, he's just a player, isn't he? You know, like yeah. they were saying that I read something that say he's found his place in the offense, which is do a bit of everything. You know, like they've got him and McCaffrey that are 
are kind kind of the sort of similar in that ilk, aren't they? Where you can get them to do a bit of everything. So you know you don't need you don't need McCaffrey just to run the ball because you can get Debo in on 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 some of those those. Um, those jet sweeps, that kind of thing. That they're just very creative with it, and everybody can sort of take the workload. You don't have to be too one-dimensional with it, which you know I think from the Caffrey with his injuries as well is key for the 49ers in general. Um, you've got to limit his workload because he's you know he's he's going to have another injury. That it's just going to happen, isn't it? Um, but yeah, Debo. I mean. <laughs> What what a specimen! <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I don't know if you've got the inside track, but if if we got a a, a thigh circumference uh, on him, because Jesus Christ, that guy is stocky down low, isn't he? Woo-hoo! I mean, if anyone's gonna have a measurement, it'd be you. Um... I, 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 I you know I thought as as our forty uh, nine ers uh, correspondent, you might be able to get a bit of insight on that. But yeah, you, you think he's just so hard to tackle, isn't he? Like yeah, uh, was he six foot two fifteen? Said like I don't know that. Oh, of course I know it. Um, but <laughs> it's just, yeah, his, his move, his movement. You, you know, you, you're not arm tackling him. You can't. You can. No. So yeah, real, real fun player to watch. Absolutely. And always good to see uh, the 49ers win their ninth straight regular season game against the uh, LA Rams. Uh, Which uh, is Kyle, Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay in his pocket. It's weird. It's wild. That isn't it? It's it's like. It's like Mike Tomlin, like you know, just got voodoo over it over their division. It's it's, it's it's wild. It's great. I love it. Um, so picking out uh, a rookie, C.J. Stroud, but I'll also chuck in here Nico Collins uh, because they kind of look good together. Um, I thought Stroud, despite them losing the game, I thought he looked absolutely fantastic for for a rookie. I thought his processing his accuracy was really really good he threw for 384 yards two touchdowns no interceptions but you know there was some comeback time there because they they were behind um but he looked every bit the kind of quarterback that they thought he was going to be which is you know a highly accurate highly efficient passer um and it seems like they found something in nico collins uh he's a guy who's flattered to deceive but um, in the NFL, if you can get seven receptions for 146 yards, you are a pretty damn good player. So hopefully that's the uh, the upswing for him and and that he and um, CJ Stroud form a great partnership. Chuck in Tank Dell, who's been doing bits as well. Uh, things are on the on the up for, for the Texans, certainly on the offensive side. The defense looks abject, but it was uh, nice to see one of the rookies looking looking decent already. Yeah, because it, it, he was always touted as the the most accurate, wasn't he, coming out of the draft in in terms of as as a passer, um, which is which is I suppose you kind of expect that. But yeah, like what was it, th- thirty completions? You know, you like to see that. You know, f- for the yardage as well, and we'll come on to sort of poor yardage later. But he does. He's, and, he, and he spread it around as well. So yes, Nico Collins got like you said a one four six, but two other people as well. You're not you do tend to find with a lot of rookie quarterbacks they once they find a, a a number one target they stare it down. But you know everybody else is chipping in as well, which which helps for that offense. Which let's be honest has struggled since uh, bloody hell, Brock Osweiler and the boys. No, they, they well, struggled they had then. Dish, they had Matt, 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 since Matt Schaub and the boys, that Arian Foster <laughs> play action rollout down to uh, Andre Johnson that was lethal back in the day. But yeah, no, I really like Stroud. You know, 
I'll, I'll come on to it again because, you know, 6'3", 214, but, which again, something we'll cut, 10-inch hands, hands, which Important. is key, which is very, very key. Someone that I'll mention late, later on, you know, but he, that's, you know, that's central casting, isn't it, for your quarterback? 6'3", six, six, 214, you know, bit slight, bit slighter. I suppose the one thing they've always said about him is can he move his legs a little bit? But, you know, maybe he'll pick that up. Um, but, you know, if he's passing it as well as that, you know, defense needs to help him out and they'll, they'll definitely win some games for sure. Yeah, I would think so. So last one I have on my list of things I love to see this week was was George Pickens, um, who I think, frankly, was the only highlight in the Steelers offense uh, through this week. Uh, the 10 targets is very, very encouraging uh, with Deontay Johnson out. He seems to be the guy that uh, that um, they're looking to. Um, I, I did think that it's a little bit inefficient with only four receptions and, and he had obviously the big play kind of made up the, the big chunk of his yardage. But that's what I think George Pickens is at, at this point in time. He is a limited roots uh, but highly athletic receiver. He doesn't have um, the kind of root range that Garrett Wilson or Chris Alave has. What he has is uh, incredible straight line speed and strength and contested catchability. Um, he reminds me quite a bit of Des Bryant in in that respect, a bit faster than than Des was, um, and not quite as tall. But it, that that specimen of like. He can only run four or five different routes at the moment. Des basically only ran four for his entire career, but he was very, very good at it. And he had the strength and the speed to match it. And that's what I see when I see Pickens. Um, and hopefully they can find ways of constantly scheming him open or he gets that separation and, and the Steelers' offense takes a bit of an uptick because uh, Kenny Pixix is not getting it done, is he? No. Um, yeah, let, let, let's go straight into it. Pickett's small hands. That's, you know, they're not, they're not going to do. The, the 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 ten targets is good, but four receptions and like you said, one of them was one of them was the big touchdown. Like, I don't think that's a reflection on Pickens so much as as Pickett itself. You know, yeah. Najee's not helping him out, and you know they're not going to gain any offense through that absolute shit house, are they? But um, you know, it's yeah, I I do. He's quite he's quite slight. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not going to good strong hands in the air, but he's not. You know, he's not. You're not going to run him across the middle, are you? Like, you know, he's he's not he's not got that ability. Like, you know, so, some of the bigger bigger receivers of, of yesteryear, um, uh, which I suppose is where the game is now, isn't it? You know, in terms of the, the, some of the slighter, taller, rangier, should we say, receivers um, that, that exist. A bit of foreshadowing there, Red, for one hey. of the listener <laughs> questions that we have later. I like that. Oh well, you know, it's not my first rodeo, but yeah, no, I I I like him. He's he's a he's a real competitor. That's what. Yeah. That's why he fits well in Pittsburgh because yeah, you know he's 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 got that dog in him, hasn't he? And 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 they love that. They love that over there, you know. And he's going to need it because they've gone from as much as as much as we uh bait on that that rapist uh, Ben Rosberg allegedly um the <laughs> but. Our lawyers have advised us to say allegedly. Yeah, yeah, we, we've checked. We've checked that. We have to say that. Um, but he was consistent. You knew what you were going to get, in and and I think that I suppose there are a lot of teams, aren't there, at the moment that have gone from, you know, their their franchise quarterbacks that are looking for new ones that have been, you know, the Giants again, blessed with, blessed with a quarterback for over ten years, and now you're searching for the next one, and you know, 
they've they've been few and far between, haven't they? If you, if you look at the, at the drafts for the last 10, 15 years or so, at least. Definitely. Any other um, any other things you love to see this week? Um, love to see a uh, you know, it's just week two, isn't it? It's good. It's good. It's good to be back in my rhythm. You know, back in my rhythm. Back to it. Just love to be. Love to be it. Love to be there. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Get all of your Sundays aiming towards six p.m. Yeah, get everything else out of the way. I'm good Crack to a go. Stout. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so then, moving on to the the flip side of the things we love to see the it's the hope that kills you uh, range, and we we have seen a lot of that this week. Sticking with exactly the same game we just talked about. Poor old Nick Chubb. I mean, wrote down, wrote down in my devastating never- injury. R.I.P. That's it. That's his career, isn't it? It's got to be. You'd have thought. You think so. I think the injury is horrific, isn't it? And you don't come back from that. You, yeah, you, you won't, you, he won't be the same player if he comes back from that. Um, you know, I was, we, I know you t- touched on it last week about oh, there aren't any, run, there aren't any feature backs left. You know, they all pick up, you think once, Derek's only, I reckon, a, a slight niggle away from, you know, really hampering him. But you think you think Saquon's battered, bruised, you know, we talk about McCaffrey, you have to manage him, you know, Chubb. You, you, you know, it's not... I, I did, did some stats on how many, you know, att- attempts over a season over the last couple of years, you know, you, you used to get, you know, at least two, 250 over a season attempts. You, you know, there used to be double digits you know last season was a bit of an anomaly they had eight 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 rushes over 250 attempts but the amount of yards they're getting it's it's just going down and down and down year on year like realistically you know last year they only had five 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 uh, running backs over 1200 yards you compare that yeah. to you know years gone by where it's seven eight nine you, you think of all of those that era that of great running backs that we looked were looked at you know it's it's last year was an anomaly in terms of how many, but before that you're looking at four, two, you know, three. Yeah, it's 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 the way the league's going, isn't it? You know, and, and you're not the running backs aren't getting that renewal that once you get it's it's not worth it, is it? As a as a from a business point of view. And and, and I think the Saquon one year deal, I think the Giants front office will be pretty pleased about that, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, you know, we've talked quite a few times on this pod about running backs age 27, 28, whatever the borderline is, you know, some coming some down, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, like last year, there was a lot of 27-year-old running backs who looked like they didn't have a lot of uh, tread left on the tyres. People like Dalvin, and you look at it this season, you're like, yeah, 27 is the year. Chubb's 27. You know, realistically, with that knee injury, is he going to be able to come back at 28 we might be able to play but you usually take two years so by the time he's back to full fitness he's 29 he's probably not ever gonna be be back like you said and that's uh that's that's a shame because he was the best pure runner in the league um and just a joy to watch went about his business quietly um and uh yeah we might not see too many players of nick chubb's type uh again 
no, complete. I completely agree. Yeah, it's it, it it's upsetting. Like you know, from from the era of the great, you know, when I first started watching it back in the early sort of two thousands or so, there was you know, list as long as your arm of running backs over you know fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred. Yeah, you know, it's it's it, that was that was what you did. But now they just throw them on the heap, don't they? Like you said, it, it, it used to be thirty, didn't it? The running back age, and that was our our famous first. Uh, our first fantasy football draft when why is nobody taking Frank Gore? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Gore is inevitable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the inevitable truth. But yeah, you know that, and he uh, he was an outlier, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, but that back then, you know, no, rarely they got to thirty, and that was at, what was that twenty twelve? Yeah. You know, so eleven years later, it's it's come down and come down, hasn't it? Yeah. So it's a tough tough break for Kyle there, but you know. One man's uh, death of hope is apparently uh, two other men's um, world delight, uh, frankly, with the glee that was in Baker's message to me yeah. as he was dancing on Nick Chubb's grave about the fantastic pickup of Jerome Ford in preseason. That they, you know, it was great. calculated as well, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> it's a great pickup and he looked really, really good this week. 106 yards on a 6.6 yards yard per carry average. Uh, he looks like he's going to be really, really good. That offense is centered around having a, a really, really good runner. And um, yeah, I think he'll do well for the ball duo. But uh, yeah, it's a little too early to dance on Nick Chubb's grave. I felt a little, distaste, <laughs> little distasteful. No decorum from Baker, mm, which, yeah. you know, no, no surprise there, really. Some brand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, moving on then to uh, the AFC, uh, another team in the AFC North, and another thing where the hope is killing me at the moment is um, hoping that Joe Burrow isn't a bust. It, is it too early to say he's a bust? Oh, light hearts, heavy <laughs> pockets. <laughs> light hearts, heavy pockets. I do like that. Um He's clearly got an issue with his calf. It's been bothering him pre all preseason. He currently has 111 air yards for the season, <laughs> which is the lowest in the league, and that is not what you associate with Burrow and the Bengals. Um, it's even below Desmond Ritter, uh, who oh, we slated last week for his uh, low uh, air yards. Um, even Chase is coming out now being critical of not getting him involved not getting the ball down the field and that is is not a good sign um for for the bengals um if he can't play at the moment what's what's their best course of action do they do they keep going with him in this limited fashion or you know should they should they bench him for a few weeks and hope he comes back what do you reckon well yeah it's interesting isn't it like, because Owen two in the division now um against divisional opponents. So that makes it very tricky for them to make the playoffs, you'd imagine. I I, I know it's only week two, but you know, you'd you'd expect the Ravens to be there there or thereabouts, wouldn't you? And and you and you never know what the Browns or the Steelers are going to do. You know, so it's that makes it very, very tricky for, for them. You know, they may have a good record, but you know, they could end up playing a high, highly, highly seeded team. If they don't, you know, don't overcome that, yeah. But I'm, some of Bur- Burrow's early stuff, he was, you know, passing attempts were through the roof, weren't they? In terms of, you know, forty plus, but for only two hundred and twenty yards, forty-one attempts. Like yeah. the air yards make sense on that, but the lack of touchdowns is concerning. You know, you think, yeah. 
you, th- you think how high powered the offense was being, and you know that their defense, you know, is isn't perhaps as great as as, as past Cincinnati defenses has been. Um, it is a worry, and there was there was a lot of concern, obviously, in the preseason about about the calf, wasn't there, and uh, how long he'd be back for. But oh no, ru- ru- probably rushed back because of the contract situation. You'd have thought you, that would have played into it. That oh, you've just signed this absolute monster deal, you know. You can't be seen to, and you don't know if there's some of that at play there. But as soon as there's some animosity there, you know, will we'll Chase start to check, uh, you know, show his colours with with regards to is he a team player? Is he not? That's when it's you know it starts to come in, doesn't it? It reminds me of the old um, McNabb and To situation, you know, where two 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 big personalities. Um, when when the going's good, the going's good. But as soon as something starts to go wrong, you know that that's that's when you find out how close that connection is, really, don't you? Yeah, if it, I I wonder whether there's some thoughts about the Super Bowl window there. You know, it's almost certainly going to be T Higgins last season in in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know, that core has been very very close. They've obviously been to a Super Bowl. Uh, they've been to NFC, uh, AFC Championship games. They've they've been a great unit. Um and and. You know, everybody talks about the benefit of the rookie QB contract, um, which is obviously a huge benefit. And and now they are going to have to play games with a salary cap to to keep things going. So they'll want him to come back and be fit and try and find a you know what you know you know like you said you don't want to pick too much after two games, but two divisional losses, they're probably looking at a wild card spot or or something like that unless they go on an absolute tear. But with Burrow's calf in the way it is, you can't see them going like. 10 games unbeaten like they maybe have done in the past. Um, they didn't start well last season, so I guess there's precedence for it, but that really doesn't look good. And for me, as a as a fantasy owner of Joe Burrow, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it's it's it, you almost expect... You, you, thought the week, you thought it was just a blip, didn't you, like week one, but you thought, actually, that there could be... There could be something to it, couldn't there? That, you know, it's, 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 it's odd, is how can he go from being... You know, within the MVP conversation in some circles, um, to, to 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 where we are now. But yeah, very very strange. Yeah, I'm gonna have to stick him on IR with Kyler if he goes down, aren't I? Oh, God, <laughs> both my starting QBs on IR. What a what a delight. <laughs> Ooh, you want that? Uh, <laughs> I wanted a starting QB, mate. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, Josh Jacobs, um. The hope is surely killing Steve right now because he hoped for another monster Josh Jacobs season uh, like he had last year. Um, But he had negative two yards rushing this week. Did did make up for that with some some receiving, uh, but they are not running the ball um, and they're not running it effectively. And that is a massive issue for uh, Jacobs from a fantasy perspective because he was a monster last season. He was like a league winner in some cases. He certainly helped dig Steve out of the depths into a, a contending spot. So, yeah, I would be uh, particularly worried about Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it's worst game of his career, wasn't it, in terms of Russia-wise by by some distance. Yeah, like, like you said, he, he featured on those lists of, of high amount of carries, and high yardage over the last couple of years, you know, um, it's what's he changed his number to eight? It's l- l- lucky for some in, in Japanese culture, is it? It's a lucky number, not obviously yep. not for him at the moment, but um, 
yeah, you you would be worried, wouldn't you? He's not. He was on the field about the same amount of snaps as he usually gets, which sometimes you look and think, oh, was he on the field enough? But he was. But obviously, the run run game, which is non-existent, and that's that's not Raiders football, is it? Yeah, I, I, can 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 they continue? You know, I suppose they're trying to spread the ball around a bit, but. You think with Waller gone, will, will you know? Will they be able to continue to do that? But yeah, you'd be very worried, wouldn't you, if you were Steve um, for for a number of reasons. But th- this one, this one in particular. But yeah, yeah. it do- yeah. doesn't doesn't look great for him, does it? Because that's a that's a real it's a real tanking. No, and you know, tough game against the Bills. Um, they yeah. are a good defense, but you know they've got the got the Steelers defense coming up this week as well. So that's not exactly a kind of get right game. Um, so yeah, little a little bit concerning there, I think. But only benefit is it's the Steelers' offense, so they're <laughs> yeah. not going to. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're not. You get not fourteen be, points up, you might be all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're going to still get a chance to run run the ball potentially, even if he's only on half a yard of carry. He's, even if he's in the Trent Richardson zone, you know, <laughs> he's way below the Trent Richardson <laughs> zone at the moment. That's that's a bad place to be. Shout out Trent Richardson if you're listening, and and we know that you are. So, yeah, he probably is actually. He's probably yeah. our fifth listener. <laughs> Excellent. What's going on, Trent? Um, Justin Fields. He sucks, right? Yeah. 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 We, cool. we, we, yeah. Next. We don't. No. Uh, <laughs> no. It's Let's move on. Yeah, we we were jokingly saying what we on Sunday. He's like, oh, he can't pass the ball downfield. Then he then he hit that one touchdown, didn't he? Yeah, we're like, oh, maybe. <laughs> but then, but then actually, you you look at some of the game game footage. Good God, he had he had DJ Moore open on several occasions, and I don't. He just and he's staring right at him, and he just doesn't it doesn't pull the trigger, and I can't understand it, like. He goes through the read. He makes he makes the which is the strangest thing. He makes the readings on of on some of them. He doesn't, but like and he just doesn't. You think, oh bloody hell! But he's so gifted as a runner. You think it would be easier for him to make the reads as a defense because defense have to counter that. You know, so you can kind of be the defense has to be predictable to some level, doesn't it? So you know, you you know, you you can know what you're going to expect. You know, because you you'd be asking your defensive coordinator, wouldn't you? You'd be saying, "What, you know, to combat me? What kind of defenses would you, you know, would you be operating in?" Um, but it's the turnovers that are just killing him, just absolutely killing him. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand why they didn't run him at all this week. Um, what do you have? Four four yards rushing? Yeah, which is, I, it, it, I maybe they're trying to stop him from getting hurt, but but that's not going to help because Justin Fields gets sacked more than. Any yeah, quarterback more, yeah, in the yeah. league, he's had ten already this season. He had fifty-five last season. Like the guy's on for a historical pace of getting absolutely demolished, and he is a big lad. But um, six three two two seven. He's he's just going to get battered. Um, I think the most damning. Um, it's not quite a statistic, but um, the most damning thing I saw about him this week is that in his career so far, he has been in ten. Um, win or tie situation. So he's driving the ball and he's got the opportunity to win or tie the game. Yeah. And he's lost nine of them. Yeah, that's not good, is it? Not good at all. And it was the same this week. He threw that absolutely 
horrific pick six to Shaq Barrett. With, yeah. What was it? Two minutes, 10 seconds to go. From his own end zone. <laughs> from his own end zone. But he had the opportunity to drive the team down the field and win the game. And he throws like, I, I don't even know who he was aiming for. It was terrible. No, it's, it's, it's something to say, isn't it? That I take the bears have not been blessed with quarterbacks since, ah, since, since, Smoking Jay was their last decent one. I, I you'd argue. <laughs> Smoking I mean, Jay Cutler. I mean, arguable whether he was good. He had a span. <laughs> him and Brandon had a span together. Shout out Brandon Marshall. What a boy. Uh, Brand Brandon made him look good. Is what I would what I would agree. <laughs> yeah, with that. The, uh, yeah. I could yeah I could see how that's that would that would read, but yeah. That... <laughs> Uh, yeah, last, entry, last entry on uh, the hope that kills you list. And this is the hope that is killing you when you draft oh, um, a quarterback first in the NFL draft and you draft him early in the rookie draft. You're thinking, okay, this is going to be the guy. So Bryce Young, first off, Ed, give me oh, the measurements. Five ten, two oh four. 204. Jesus Christ. Talking about so, me. <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> Let's let's talk some stats first, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna unload on that. But I mean, week one, 38 attempts, 20 completions, 146 yards. That's dismal. And then he he backed it up again this week. You know, 22 of 33 for 153. Like we 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 jokingly spoke. That's you've you've done a fantasy draft on Madden. Uh, you've you've drafted your defense. You've gone defense heavy. You've got a couple of offensive weapons. You've forgotten to draft a quarterback, so you're left with Chase Daniel. All right, you know, uh, and all you're doing is dinking and dunking. You know, that's that's essentially what's happened. And and, and why is that? Because he's five ten. Can't see over his offensive line. So to give you some example of how short that is, that's one in. He's one inch shorter than Josh Allen's girlfriend, right? So Hedy Steinfeld is 5'9". She's a tall drink of water. <laughs> and he's one inch shorter than him. But, I mean, you don't you don't draft a quarterback that high with, with those those measurements, do you? I mean, the... It's, un, it's unprecedented how I, short and small he is. The only person that played... The quarterback that played in the NFL, his size, Doug Flutie, who, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of buzz around him in terms of, you know, who he was a player, great gritty player, but wasn't overly successful in the NFL. CFL, however, absolute baller, you know, <laughs> shout out to the Edmonton Eskimos. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. So I, I I did a dive into some of the shorter quarterbacks and six foot is short for a quarterback, let's, let's be honest. And there are only three notable ones. And we're talking Drew Brees, your, your, your man, you know, six foot, just an just an elite mind, wasn't he? That that's yeah. that's what what he Great was. Great football mind. Yeah, poor arm strength. So it was it was not like he he could counteract his you know because you'd argue Mike Vick six foot as well. He had an absolute cannon, arm strength, the mobility, everything there. The other the others you talk about. We have to wind the clock back here. We're talking we're talking Joe Theismann, you know. That was the last six footer to win the MVP. Little little fact for you there. Obviously, Hall of Famer, and then before yep. that, Fran Tarkington. Woo-hoo, really going back, you know. Again, MVP, Hall of Famer. Obviously, Drew Brees will be Gold Jacket when when the time comes. Um, absolute travesty that he's not that he didn't get an MVP. But you know that that's that's a 
that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, you you think of Thaisman and Tarkenton though, but in those days, were they passing it as much as they're at, they're passing it today? Well, also their linemen probably weren't six foot eight. That that's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know that they're, they're not they weren't necessarily needed to be. Yeah. you know the the height that you were today. So I mean, I'm not saying that if you're five ten, you know you can't get shit done because there are plenty of people at five foot ten that can get. You could be Princess of Wales, or I play Princess Di. You know, and, and it comes in at five ten. I'm not saying you can't be an athlete. You know, there's a there's plenty of people out there that kick some ass at five ten. Mike Tyson, famously short for a boxer, absolute pit dog. Chuck Norris, you know. The, the you know everything that goes along with Chuck Norris, and you know you can also be an absolute absolute legend in the the finance game. You're talking Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, you know both five ten, and if you're if you're interested in making you know s- some very well flavored chicken, Colonel Sanders five ten. So, wow. and you can also go to the moon, Buzz Aldrin five ten. So I mean, these are these are leaders in their field. Exactly, but not on the field, not on the gridiron. You know, if you're five ten, you're more suited to probably you know be a be a female model. Yeah. Kendall Jenner, Gigi Hadid, Cara Devlin, all five ten. <laughs> but most most you know you're looking at actors and singers. You know, Jennifer Coolidge, Adam Sandler at five ten, and then and then some Akon and Lizzo. You know, would you rather have the, them at quarterback? Potentially, I'd have Adam Sandler. You know. Longest yard, you know, he, 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 won. he, he can run an offense. Exactly. We've seen he, it, you know, get Nelly in at running back. you good. Michael Irvin, he's still got, he could still do it, but you know, there we go. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see why you'd, 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 if you're a Carolina fan, you'd be absolutely livid, wouldn't you? You know, he's, he's, he's not the answer, but it, I guess it's the fear of letting, letting him go, I suppose, wasn't it? And yet, you took him in your rookie draft. Well, I had no other choice, did I? So, you know. <laughs> uh, any other things that uh, killed the hope that was within your heart this week, mate? The Saquon ankle injury. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one. They're saying today he might still play on Thursday. I would not put him against the Niners defensive line on no, Thursday. I, 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 give, give my boy Matt Breeder a go. No. Yeah, I, yeah that... As a man for, that's come back from a, a, a serious ankle injury himself, um, not not being even five ten, uh, but yeah, he, it's those ankles are, aren't aren't good. He's heavily reliant on them, you know, especially with with that lower body load that he's got. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be risking him. I'd, I'd take the time time with him, especially with that short turnaround. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, one thing we did forget to mention um, was uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina. Touchdown this week. Matt Collins. Touchdown callback, but he had a good week, good yardage. Shout out to Toby Dawson and his stable of wide receivers. Oh, got to love it, don't you? You know, it, it's a real it's a real, a, a real who's who of, of, of... He loves a double-barreled name, you know. MVS yeah. on the bench in one of his leagues, you know. Lo- love to see that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be... Looking, looking on the waiver wire, deep on the waiver wire for a, a suspect, suspect pickup come. Um... Yeah, week seven, Juju yeah. slides into the uh, in, into the bench spot, and then you know onto the onto the starting list. Well, exactly, Donovan Peoples Jones. You know that's a that's a real Dawson S character. So shout out Dawson if you're listening, and we know that you are. So there we go. Yeah, 
All right, so that's our collection of headlines for the week, for the week. You know, we could have mentioned other things like Mike Evans every time. Yeah, again, um, he had a fantastic week, uh, but we mentioned him last week, so let's let's not go over our ground. Well, and in post game, did you see the uh, the the black uh, Allen Iverson seventy uh, sixes jersey on, which is a nice nice little touch. So I like that. I did not see that, but that's Woo-hoo. fantastic. All right, little breakdown of uh, the week's games then. Uh, me versus Kyle to start things off. Uh, always seem to start with my games, um, which sort of makes sense given that the top of the I am a content creator. <laughs> um, uh, another loss for me, another double loss. So currently rocking a little 0-4 after a lot of uh, pre-season uh, confidence. Um, not a bad performance this week, 219 points, um, but... Uh, you know, great concerns about Burrow. Um, and if he doesn't come back and 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 play really well, then then you know I'm going to struggle at quarterback. I might have to plug in uh, CJ Stroud. Um, in fact, I might actually do that this week because uh, because of the concerns about Burrow. Uh, but you know, can't can't argue with the points Kyle put up. 252 great performances across the board from his team, uh, despite. Uh, the loss of Chubb, and he had the balls to plug Nico Collins into his starting <laughs> lineup, which I thought was, you know, just a, a, a ballsy move considering he, he had other more obvious options on the bench and he put up like 25 points for him. So, uh, fantastic move for Kyle. We'll come to his, his trade a little bit later. Um, but yeah, another big win for Kyle, another big loss for me. Just missing out on that Merchy B as well, weren't you? So not, uh, not the Merchy B, I know. It, it, it was was it three points I, off I of would, it? I would personally love to get off the zero just with the Merchy B. You know? <laughs> get a little one on one this week. That'd be uh, that'd be the way for me to go. I think. Oh yeah, that'd be, yeah. I mean, you look at Kyle's. Just everyone contributed, didn't they? You know. Yeah. Really, apart from. Apart from well, Nick Chubb seven point four before he did, so you know okay. you, you can't grumble at that, can you? Really, <laughs> not at all, not at all. So talking to Murchy B, uh, you <laughs> took down Jake this week uh, with two hundred twenty five versus one hundred eighty three. Absolutely dispatched him, didn't I? I mean, you know, I'm I embarrassed him. I, I probably write a letter to his mum apologising, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> and and it comes from comes from one man and one man only, really. <laughs> Vanilla Vic. <laughs> With that comeback game, 41. 41.74. You know, two passing touchdowns, one on the ground, 59 yards rushing, those four, those four first downs, you know, getting it done. Um bought, bought Tyler Algier in. <laughs> Need very much needed. Um, I'll be honest. Team almost picked itself this week. I noticed that Adam Thielen's making a return to double-digit scores somehow, which, which makes me absolutely sick. But uh, there we go. Um, he's not going to get much action with a uh, with a uh, Haley Steinfeld throwing him the ball in in Carolina. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, good, good to good to get get the two. Um, I can't see me getting too many of those this season, if I'm being 100% honest. I mean, my team is stinking up the place, let's be honest. I mean, I know, I, I know I'm know i a zero RB team. Shout out Rachel Bonner. Um AJ Dillon getting a getting a break just because Aaron Jones is out. But, you know, Devin Singletary's still still limping on in my goddamn team. I just can't <laughs> let him go. <laughs> but, yeah. He's your I, boy. Oh, he is, but yeah, I mean, I've got Eric Dotson on the bench. Oh God, you know, it's 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 slim pickings down there for me. But you know, am I going to have to make a trade? Yes, unfortunately, has sick Mister Six Fab got all of the running backs? Yes, he has. 
Oh god, yeah. But you right. know, we, we move on it, to next week. <laughs> really good to see Raheem Mostert, who is a player who, from his time at the 49ers, I've got a lot of affection for. Um, yeah. If he stays fit in that Miami offense, and he won't stay fit, no. But for as long as he does, he's going to be uh, a great guy to own. You know, he had a great week um, and put up a, a absolute ton of points for you. Yeah, he got home run speed, hasn't he? Um, yeah. But it will be interesting to see sort of his longevity with Miami in terms of, like you said, the injuries. But do we, we I know we've mentioned this before, but, um, you know, part and parcel being a San Francisco running back is getting injured just because of how much they are used, I suppose, to some degree. Yeah. It's interesting to see whether he thought, well, let's get out of here for, for the rest of my career sort of situation, really. Well, but he's running exactly the same scheme in yeah, Miami. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Which suits his play style, but I think exposes them to exactly the same issues you have in San Francisco, which is that outside zone run means you are going to get hit at full full whack. Um, so I, I hope he stays fit. Jeff Wilson's going to come back at some point and take away some of that carry. Um, but yeah, he's, he's an amazing player, still hitting 22 plus miles an hour, still one of the fastest mm. players in the NFL. Yeah, love to love to see that speed. So big worries for Jake though. Um, his team is really, really underperforming at the moment. Uh, he looks particularly thin, I think, uh, at, uh, at running back where um, he's got Madison, uh, who's not really performing particularly well, um, and Miles Sanders, who, who you know, the Panthers are struggling, but he, he's not doing great. And then he's got that Browns duo uh, of Amari Cooper. And um, and Deshaun Watson and they're not setting things on fire either. So unless he gets something better from those guys, I think he is going to struggle to put together the really big scores that that we saw from his team last season. Yeah, it doesn't help when he put, keeps DeAndre Swift on the bench, does it? You know, so uh, you know, that's uh, he's got he only got himself to blame for that, really, isn't he? So yeah, I think I think so. It's um, understandable why he benched him, but. Um, I mean, after trading for him, you've kind of got to rely on, on your guy that you you put all that draft yeah. capital into. Strange decision, isn't it, for a man who loves? If you if you trade for a man that you clearly have got an, a, a, a a sort of obsession obsession may be a strong word, but you know, like then then yeah, I would say starting <laughs> <laughs> definitely starting, yeah. Um, no, so next matchup then was uh, Franco versus the Ballings duo. The 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 Ballings hot start continues uh, behind the efforts of uh, the much mentioned <laughs> Captain Kirk Cousins, um, but also like really really big performances again this week from Mike Evans every time who we mentioned earlier, Bijan as expected. You know now you just kind of expect him to be um, uh, put up a really good performance, and he's only been in the league for two weeks. Uh, and then obviously Josh Allen, who we talked about earlier on. So, you know, th- those guys between them putting up about 110 uh, points. And if you get that, that's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and they've got Jerome Ford, the, who we mentioned earlier, just able to come in off the bench this week. So things really looking up for the for the Baldwin's duo. Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Uh, the, the, the smugness may continue, which, uh, you know, uh, let's be honest, any of us would love to wipe the smirk off uh, of, of Baker in particular's face. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, you you well, look you looked at you looked, thirty years. I've not managed it yet. Oh well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, you you look like you said like if you can get one hundred and ten points out of three or four players, then you you really you've got a base, haven't you? I mean, Franco with Dalvin doesn't help. Um, 
you know, a few a few busts from him that that really didn't sort of show up. Um, that sort of you know stalled it stalled his attempts to sort of make a comeback at least. But yeah, you'd be you'd be worried about Dalvin slightly, wouldn't you? I think. Um, yeah. Especially, yeah, especially sort of shit. I mean, but if, if, I suppose if Brees is you know limited this week, um, will he get more of a shot? You know, you you, you don't know, do you really? No, no. Franco sort of did a Franco this week, uh, a little bit like the Chargers did a Chargers, um, <laughs> and he's got a couple of them on his on his roster. So, um, you know, he put up he put up in his range of scoring 174. You know, we're, what he does we're back to the Frank, we're back to the Franco average. So, Mister Consistent. I mean, I, you kind of almost pointless mentioning how good Micah Parsons is at this point, um, but. Bloody hell, he was amazing again this week. And he put up 41 points in fantasy, but he was just so dominant. I mean, the guy's got to be Defensive Player of the Year this year, surely. Yeah, he keeps just... on this tear. He's got to be one of the best of all time. He's he's just everywhere, isn't he? And he he's, he's so good. They're sort of, you know, asking him to line up at so many different positions and excelling at that position, which, you know, sometimes a lot of, what you ask like the the hybrid linebacker out uh defensive ends to do is a lot of deceiving isn't it you know we'll line him up here to to, to create an event but he just dominates no matter where, where he is really which is as a giants fan it's isn't it's not great to see but you know <laughs> no no uh last matchup was steve versus valen uh Valen absolutely romped this one, 272 points to 161. Uh, I've already had a message from Valen um, asking me whether I would like to mention that this is a league-high uh, points score. Um, you said no? Well, uh, you know, I thought I'd mention it, but then I'll also mention the fact that, well, of course, we were going to get that at some point this season because we added two additional um, players to the active roster. So someone was going to get the records point score. Um, just so happens that it appears to have been Valen in week two. Well, I suppose, I suppose you know, he needs he needs all the wins and the, all the trophies he can get because, let's be honest, he's not getting any other kind of medals anytime soon, is he? <laughs> Is he getting blown apart by the robots? I can't remember. I, I think that he's the both are two and zero as, as far as far. So he, so he's not he's not uh, tearing himself away from from man versus machine. That's for sure. Bad times, bad times for uh, human life on this planet. Uh, yeah, I mean, Valen's team is great this week. Uh, it, all jokes aside, he was really really good. Except at tight end, we knew he would be bad at tight end because he's got bad tight ends. Jesus um, Christ, yeah. he has. He doesn't even have to worry about Saquon getting injured, does he? He just goes, "Oh yeah, I'll just pull this uh, this other running back uh, out of the fire and <laughs> stick him in my team, and he'll get twenty points." Yeah, I mean, the Anthony Richardson concussion could be an issue. Yeah, um, you know, you don't want him to go the go all, all full mush brain, do you? Really, um, this early in his career, um, but I, I think. It's it's a sign of your your running quarterback. You know they they're playing college football. You know, are they being taught how to to fall? Probably not. Is he getting hit that hard at college? Definitely not. Like we said, you know, the HGH levels just not as high in college. You know, they're all about partying. You know, they are, I suppose, <laughs> in the NFL. But you know, you know, they're all men. You know, men's men in the NFL. Yeah. 
yeah, artificially kind of supplemented men. <laughs> exactly that. Deer antler spray. <laughs> um, right. So, with I think probably the last thing we should mention this week then is the trade that went down this afternoon slash this evening. Um, Franco puts um, uh, Stefan Diggs on the trade block along with a couple of other guys. And within, I mean, before I'd even seen that he'd blocked him, uh, a deal had already been done uh, with Kyle, uh, who who gave up Tyler Lockett. Um, a future second round pick uh, next year's draft and then all importantly six fab the obligatory um, six fab which I think is a key part of any trade deal now done in this league <laughs> absolutely in fact I will uh, refuse to process any trade that doesn't include six fab well, are, we, are we talking the you know the currency or if you're you haven't got enough the ice creams themselves would, would that be acceptable <laughs> I, I would accept somebody delivering six fabs to my house. Yeah, excellent. excellent. Okay, cool. No, in no fact, I would, I would encourage that. Not from Kyle. Um, that that might take a while. Yeah, could, could, could um, be a while. Yeah, but yeah, what do you, what do you think of the trade? Um, I think I like it. Hmm. I think it's Kyle sort of trying to counteract the Chub loss. Yeah, you know, he, he can't get a job on anymore. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> obvious, but yes, I like. Yeah. It. <laughs> um, so, so he, he's just he's he's you know trying to get a a thirty plus points player, isn't he? You know, that's what he's just trying to get. And and I suppose he's thinking if I can go for broke, get get into the playoffs again, maybe sneak another win out. Two two championships in a row. He, he can he can wait a few years, tank it up, you know, re, re, go again in a few years' time, isn't he? That's that's I guess what he's thinking. Yeah, he's, he's not giving up a lot to get it. Second round no. picks a, a bit of a dart throw anyway. Uh, I think if I was Franco, I, I would have asked for a little bit more, not loads, um, because I think it is reasonable value. But I think I might have asked for maybe maybe an extra second in in twenty twenty five or something like that, and see seeing if I could get a little bit more from Kyle. But I don't think the trade's particularly lopsided. Um, Tyler Lockett's still a very very good player. Yeah, it does seem a bit light. All all I would say is if you were trying to get that player off a certain other duo in the league, you probably wouldn't have had the have had that kind of success. Yeah, I mean, they're going to obviously fire some shots back now at the league. You know, oh, we're not that bad in trades, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Keep staring. Uh, yeah, good trade. Always good to see a trade in the league. We've yeah. a couple now uh, this season, and, and and I, you know, I like to see that. Gives us something to talk about every week. There we go, yeah. 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 Right. Well, moving on from the league then into our special feature today. Uh, you bring you bring the tailor on and you've got to talk about tailoring. You've got to talk about fashion. And we are going to talk about the top five uniforms slash jerseys that the NFL has ever produced. Um, I sent Ed a few suggestions. He disregarded them almost entirely. And, and, I, and I respect that. Um, so, Ed... The floor is yours, mate. I don't know if there's a particular order to this or if it's just these are the top five kind of in no particular order. Take us away. Your first one is the 2005 Atlanta Falcons jersey. Home jersey? Oh, yeah. it, it's the, the alternate black one. 
alternate so, black, right? Yeah. So 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 back in those days, from about oh three to oh six, they had three uniforms. They had the white, the black, and the red. They're all basically carbon copies of each other. But the black one is just iconic. I mean, you're talking, you know. I'd, I'd like to uh, preempt this by saying purely based on on-field performance, off-field performance doesn't ca- doesn't uh, factor into said player. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the 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 dark Daniel Jones, as as he should now be known. Um, so yeah, Mike Vick in that in that seven that black that uniform because they were all black pants as well. It was it was just beautiful, you know. I, they. It just looked good. I mean, they had back in those days. They had Warwick Dunn at running back. That TJ Duckett. You had oh, you had uh, Brian Finnan on the on the on out wide. I mean, Algie Crumpler. I mean, they had some ballers back back in the day. And it's just beautiful. It's simplistic. It's just iconic. It's just it's how you picture. It's how you picture Michael Vick in that black jersey. I mean, I picture him in an orange jumpsuit. Um, yeah, that's 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 why that's why you know when he came out, he couldn't sign for Cleveland, wasn't it? That was you know one of, <laughs> one of the reasons. Yeah, no, right. it's, it, it it when you sent it over yesterday, I was like, that is a really cracking looking jersey. Um, I did question the inclusion of Michael Vick, uh, but you know he is he is strongly associated with that period that period of time that jersey it look, looks absolutely incredible so no absolutely no dispute for me that is a, a, a fantastic jersey yeah the falcons have always done well with jerseys i it, i think it's just the color regime that they have you know there's just it's you know black red and white is just you know you can't go too wrong can you really i mean they've got some absolute awful ones at the moment but you know like <laughs> but i'd also like to caveat that you know in in terms of my jerseys i discounted color rush jerseys yeah no i think i think that's that's because i think it's i think it's too easy to have a nice color rush jersey yeah whereas it's, it's really only for one game in this. yeah exactly yeah so you, you haven't got to rely you know you can make it as outlandish or as stupid as you want you know but yeah uh, so the second one on your list was the 2006 San Diego Chargers powder blue, which makes everyone's list. It is absolutely wonderful. Oh, glorious, isn't it? You know, and and this one in particular, they were still doing a throwback on it. Um, so they reintroduced it into the regular uniform schedule back in San Diego. This is before. Uh, for any new listeners when they were in San Diego, um, they sort of reintroduced it with the same sort of size number shirts. They sort of smallered the numbers down a little bit on all of their jerseys, but they were nice, big. It's, it's those Reebok days, you know, those yeah. stitched numbers on. And who else can you picture in it but the Danian Tomlinson? I mean, absolutely. What a, what a player. I mean, we were talking earlier, weren't we, about those great running backs and. My God, that guy had it all, didn't he? The OG fantasy football god. Oh, yeah. Those passing touchdowns, you know, they, they had to introduce that on Madden, the, the old halfback pass, because, you know, he was doing that. I think, I don't know how many uh, career passing touchdowns he's got, but a, a fair old few, I would imagine. But yeah, I mean, it's just iconic, wasn't it? That Those, 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 those powder blues. I mean, it, 
they almost made Franco switch allegiance to a to a division rival. I mean, I think he's still considering it, to be perfectly honest. But but yeah, the the new ones they're nice. I like them. They're they're great. But the old one, I like that they haven't copied them directly. Yeah. That, that you know, it's it's a nod to. It's almost the same, but it's not the same. And I and I quite like that they 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 can leave that there where it is basically. Yeah, you can't touch that original. Oh. Uh, next one was another another lovely blue shade, um, and another one that comes up on everyone's list: the 1993 RIP to the Houston Oilers. Oh yeah, and again, to some of our newer listeners, that they are would you would now consider them the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans yeah. do do a, a little nod to, to to them, don't they? But yeah, that that light blue is just you know. It's just a glorious jersey, isn't it? You know, it's the the colours on it are nice. Oh, the logo's great as well, isn't it? It's that's a cool logo. Yeah, and and it's associated with Warren Moon as well. You think, you know, the the, the Hall of Famer. Later on, it it was, I guess, to Steve McNair to some extent. You know, R.I.P. to him. But you know, that they just, which is just great, isn't it? It's just nice looking from that that era. It's it, there was some there was some good. Good jerseys, and I, I kind of like the bagginess of the jerseys back then as well. It kind of made it kind of the the long sleeves. It just it made it made very athletic people look less athletic somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely did. You know they, they they've they've got the, the the long Kirk Cousins sleeves going on every, every one of them. Even 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 you know even Dion back in the day, <laughs> and and he wasn't hard to find back in the day. He isn't now, but you know, yeah, it's that that. That Oilers jersey, lovely. Yeah, I think this is that's probably probably marginally my favourite one on this list. Ooh, yeah, it's a it's a great jersey. Uh, next one, um, slightly disliked by me because of the team, but I can't argue with the jersey choice. It's the two thousand nine Seattle Seahawks fluorescent green number. Oh man! It, in spite in spite of the color rush today, because you mentioned yeah. that you mentioned the the green number, and it, it it's it's a it's it's everything, isn't it? You know, when you used to do your your fantasy drafts on Madden, you pick the Seahawks and you put that jersey on. You know, the the the, the lime green with the blue shoulder pads. Oh, yeah. it, it it was great. And the problem with that era for the Seahawks is they didn't have many superstars back there. Um, you know, other, other than Matt Hasselbeck, he wasn't really lighting the world right then. Sean Alexander had gone by then, but TJ, who's your mama, was there rocking that. And uh, there, there's there's some interesting uh, talk because he hated the jersey, which I kind of liked. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Seahawks had some absolute stinking jerseys for a while because their, their home... The home one, that colour is god awful, wasn't it, from that period? But before that, they were really nice. Like, yeah. and then they were the first, weren't they, when Nike took over to rebrand? And I, I think, I think they hit, they hit it right, didn't they? Because you know, as much as you hate them, those 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 Seahawks jerseys, they haven't had to change them, like the Jags have, the Bucks have repeatedly, you know. Some t- some teams have had to change and then change again. Yeah, I, I you know they didn't have a great season that season. I, I actually noticed uh, looking through the seasons of these uh, jerseys you picked, 
not that many of them actually had a good season in these iconic jerseys. No, no. Um, <laughs> I think it was the I think the Chargers and the Oilers had good seasons. I think the other the others were either mediocre or downright poor. Yeah, uh, the Chargers and Oilers wore that wore them for a while, didn't they? I, I, Breeze was still caught back in bar and. No, not then he wasn't. But when they were wearing them early on in in Breeze's career before before the 4 trade, um, and, and Philip Rivers got there. Um, but yeah, the Falcons wore that black one for a little while. Um, yeah, obviously that Oilers one will go down in history. But yeah, that Seahawks one was sort of a one season wonder. You can still find it on Madden to, today. You know, I think arguably the Seahawks have got probably the greatest collection of jerseys to wear on Madden. They've got that light, lovely grey one, which does deserve a mention, I think, if we're talking Seahawks jerseys. That's that I like. I do like that grey one. Um, but yeah, it's it, they've done all right out of there. So, last entry on your list: a team that had a truly awful record in the season that uh, we're talking <laughs> about here. But this is a jersey that I know pretty much every well, every member of this league must must love this jersey. It's the uh, 2009 Tampa Bay Buccaneers third jersey. Oh, also known as <laughs> the creamsicle, and hopefully we can get onto the social media to uh, get our wonderful model uh, demonstrating this one. Um, yeah, I as, think we'll uh, we'll add that to the uh, to the socials. Excellent, good, good. But yeah, uh, some of some of the group went to see this game that where they they broke the voodoo curse against the Packers um, for the first game, first win of the season, I think, at Raymond James, the host of all the games. Um, and that day, your boy Josh, he made it rain. So, you know, it's it's beautiful, isn't it? You know, they were the laughing stock of the league for so long, um, and they're they're bringing them back this season, which it's it's great to see. Um, because there was a, a a weird rule that the NFL introduced a couple of years ago, wasn't it? That you couldn't change the the main color of your helmet. So lots of teams couldn't use some of their alternative jerseys because they didn't go with the helmet. Whereas sort of seasons gone by, that was um, not the issue. But yeah, that was that was good. Um, yeah, beautiful jersey, beautiful. Excellent, mate. Well, that's a cracking top five. I, I guess you know making five is is always tough, and uh, I could tell you put yourself through the ringer. But we'll give oh. you the opportunity here for any honourable mentions you want to you want to chuck out there. Yeah. I- Obviously, let's talk the killer bees because oh, my guy <laughs> that was on my list. <laughs> the killer bees, come on, the bees! Um, what a jersey <laughs> out of nowhere! It the Steelers have had some that they did. They do have that. They haven't worn it for a while, but the the black jersey with the yellow numbers on it, where they wore yeah. the yellow helmet. For some reason, that and Rashad Mendenhall speaks volumes to me for, for some unknown reason but if you're yeah. looking at the bees you know he's got a shout out on this podcast already today so we won't name him we'll we'll look, we'll look to another an, another quarterback in uh, in uh, in Pittsburgh but none other than the <laughs> than the man in uh will we'll probably be rocking some sort of cream cream related uh, scenario this season but Byron Leftwich um with that touchdown run they were slagging him off in in the game, and you know he he steps in two Super Bowl rings. What a guy! What a guy! But what a guy! And what a jersey! Uh, it's it's fantastic. But yeah, there's another jersey that didn't quite make my list. There's a Jags jersey from 2009, a black one. 
uh, sorry, from 2012, sorry. Um, a nice black one with MJ, MJD days, but it, it was from that era where they kept changing their jerseys every couple of, every season or so it felt like, just because they were absolutely stinking the place up. So they were just trying to find an identity and they, I guess they thought changing their jerseys would do it. But um, yeah, th- those were two other two other great jerseys. And I, and I and there's another one on there that I'll I'll let you uh, take the reins on that that we both very much enjoy. Well, I mean it's it's the ultimate Homer pick um, because it's when I fell in love with the NFL when I went to San Francisco and when the Niners won uh, the Super Bowl with Steve Young. It's the 1994 white alternate um, 49ers jersey. It's simple, Jeff's really kiss. really simple. But it is gorgeous, and they obviously have used it as a throwback uh, in recent years. Uh, it just still looks an absolutely dynamite uh, shirt. And you know, you look at all the images from from that season. It was a brilliant, brilliant season. Um, Steve Young's the iconic one. There's some just amazing photos of him chucking the ball in the Super Bowl wearing that jersey. Uh, you know, Jerry Rice was there as well. Uh, it's just. Um, my favorite jersey of all time um but i realized that uh you know a pretty plain white jersey with red stripes is is not quite everybody's cup of tea so um uh, you know it's it's going on the socials whether uh oh, yeah. whether, whether anyone likes it or not but it's um it it to me it's it's uh, it's got so much nostalgia associated with it and uh, i i will always love that jersey it's clean isn't it and i i really like the the way they've brought it back in sort of the, the throwback to it. It's the, it's the black edging on the yeah. numbers that, that does it for me. It's just, it's just nice, isn't it? Like you said, it is hard to get the, a white Jersey that stands out. Yeah. It, it, it is. There are some nice ones, you know, Miami. That's a nice one with the stripes on the shoulder. Um, Packers away. Yeah. The pack Packers away. Um, I kind of like Minnesota, the Minnesota one. That's kind of nice as well. I, I do like that, but I would I'd be remiss not to mention the 2009 season um, where there was a AFC I believe it was was it 75 or 50 year anniversary season and yeah. lots of the jerseys that came out so that, that that's when the Powder Blues bought the throw throwback in and they wore them a cu- they wore them a couple of times some of the the Raiders. The Raiders brought in their sort of white with the grey numbers, which they they they're they're rocking for their colour rush now, aren't they? That they brought that back with the sort of the the badge on the on the on the shoulder was nice. Yeah. But uh, the Denver Broncos had the greatest socks of all time that season. <laughs> I have never seen anything like it. The Denver Broncos socks. Yeah. Truly that, are the tailor. I mean We'll get those on the socials, but ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, pull over, pull over in your car responsibly. Um, Talking to you, go- bum. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he's always driving. Um, look, Google those 2009 socks because they are a thing of beauty. There's there's two sets there, and it made no sense, and 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 I love it. <laughs> like swimming in like swimming in raw sewage. I love it. I will point out when you sent me the list. Um, this yep. is cl- your uniform love clearly comes from a little bit like with mine being a very nostalgic pick. They're all Reebok more jerseys. Of, <laughs> more of your uniform um, from two thousand five, two thousand six, yeah. and two from two thousand nine. And you just mentioned the two thousand nine season. So this is clearly 
a critical period of time for you and your love of the NFL, which uh, makes perfect sense given that you are significantly younger than I am. <laughs> no, it Yeah, it was where I guess me and Franco really, really honed in during that 2009 season. I, I, I remember that Madden was rife. We re- re- really got involved. That was where we really started to to plow forward. I mean, the the Michael Vick jersey is is kind of where I picked picked up sort of you know my I would say love for the game and you know I was I was I would fo- I would follow it I followed it when in 04, I think was my first season following it um, which is ironic because because that's why I picked the Giants because they were the worst team. So, you know, that that's why I started to root for them. Um, and it was, you know, followed it, had a couple of Maddens and that, but then, you know, when, once I got into, you know, the 05 season and, and I, and I was just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing with that with, from Michael Vick. And I was like, well, you know, th- this is a sport I'm going to follow to the, the day I die. And, 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 and here we are, but yeah, no, there is something quite, quite nostalgic about, that Reebok era where, you know, it was, it was those, those, the jerseys themselves that you bought, weren't they? They were, they were nice and light, not like these heavy Nike ones that we've got today, you know? Yeah. They fit a bit better, but you know, that was, that was part of it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Those light meshy jerseys were, were great. All right. So we'll round out the pod then, Ed, with a little bit of Q and a, uh, We've already talked about the questioning from the Ballings duo and their dancing on Nick Chubb's grave. So we don't need to mention that one again. Uh, but you can always rely on Fallon. You send out the the bat signal for some questions and, and he comes in with a couple every single week. Uh, great listener. Great <laughs> listener. Uh, so um, I had two from from Fallon. So we, we sort of talked about this one a little bit earlier. What do you make of the new trend of very slim slash light wide receivers having success? Is it purely a consequence of the rule changes to protect player safety? Will we ever see a big bruising Calvin Johnson slash T.O. body type again <laughs> as a star wide receiver? Oh, just getting chills thinking about Calvin Johnson and T.O. I mean, you know, th- 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 those are some some dudes. I mean, I do think it's kind of a perfect storm, to be perfectly honest, of, of, of those rule changes. I think it's a... It's such a pass happy league now that you can get value from perhaps not receivers out of central casting. You know, like your you, you big guys, you, you know, you're you six four, you're six five, two twenty plus kind of guys. You know, you can get you can get your your pickings kind of guys out there, and they can add value. Um, I think that be, because of that, you know, you're you're, you're you you're losing some of those potentially bigger safeties and potentially linebackers so they need to be a bit quicker they need to be a bit smaller to keep up with some of the the, the speed that you're getting out because you're not getting your, your typical you know your typical running backs your smaller running backs your smaller receivers and that kind of thing so i think it's just a a sort of cat and mouse sort of situation where the defense is changing slightly the rule changes there are more more receivers now as well. You know, you think typically back in the day, how often would you see three receiver sets? Yeah. You know, you, you, your eye form was a staple, wasn't it? But, you know, the fullbacks almost almost disappeared out of the game. Um, Carl just, just check, you know, shout out. Um, but yeah, it's, 
Yeah, I think it is a slight. I think it's a sort of a combination of everything, to be perfectly honest. But I, I, you know, when a DK Metcalf comes along, you just marvel at it, don't you? It's it's it's, it's a sight to behold. Yeah, I think the NFL has always been a bit of a cyclical league, you know, in things moving around and coming back, and you know, now you're seeing a lot of twelve personnel. Um, you know, two tight end sets uh, that you didn't see for quite a long time as we moved to like the three wide receiver sets. So things do come around a bit. I, I think the rule changes play a pretty significant part in why we're seeing different types of wide receiver because 10 years ago, you couldn't get off the press with a with a cornerback unless you were, you know, really, really strong and big. You had to physically overpower them. Now they can't touch you after, you know, what is it, five yards um, and so that allows receivers like Devonta Smith to to be successful. Now he's he's elusive as hell anyway, so he's probably the wrong shape. But you know maybe like a Chris Olave, you know might not have been successful ten years ago because he just wasn't strong enough. He would have been typecast as a as a slot guy. Um, but I also think the types of scheme that these mm. um, the 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 kind of McVeigh, Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, these guys are running. They need route runners who can run precise routes. You know, you 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 run eight yards, then you make this move, then you make this move, and the big guys can't do that quite as well because they're not they're not as dynamic. DK Metcalf is a freak and actually can. But I talked about Des earlier. Des would. I I never really liked Des because he's a cowboy, right? And so. Hey, you don't need to. Yeah, I'm overly critical of him. Des would not succeed in the modern in the modern NFL because he was too limited. He couldn't run precise routes. He could. He only had four routes in his tree, and I don't think that that sort of player can be successful with the complexity of schemes. Now, of course, like if you took Des's body type and shoved him in the college system now and told him you got to learn all these schemes, he probably would do right because. That that's that's yeah. the way players are being brought through, but that's the reason I think you're not seeing these these really big units. It'll be interesting how see how Quentin Johnson gets on with the Chargers, um, and and you will of course. Okay, Drake London's a really big guy, yeah, um, but he's not seeing any passes from Desmond Ritter, not because he's not good, <laughs> but because that's the offensive scheme. So we'll see. I I, I tend to sort of agree with the premise of Val's. Um, question yeah. here which is that i don't think big wide receivers are currently the flavor of the month in the in the nfl and they probably won't be for another i don't know five six seven eight years until somebody decides well when everybody zigs i got a zag and, and they'll do something different and it'll probably be belichick <laughs> well belichick's you know, I, still I, picking receivers from 10 years ago so yeah but, but yeah that is true but is there a receiver from i said yesteryear making it sound like we're 80 but that would really excel that maybe because I've got one in mind who did excel in his own day. You yeah, put the, Chad, the... you put a Chad Johnson in today's NFL. You talk about you talk about root runners. You talk I about mean, feet. I mean, Steve Smith. Yeah, that's good. Good shout, Steve Smith. Slot, but he was str- he was he was strong as hell though, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he was. Like, like not not because not for his size. But you, t- you, yeah. you talk about you talk about Pickens having that dog in him. Or, or did Steve Smith? Yeah, I mean he 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 played above his size massively, didn't he? But he was he was a great technician from um, 
from that perspective. He had an amazing career. Yeah. I just think you could probably tag on another 200, 250 yards and probably some crazy jet sweeps or or, or whatever, that sort of thing for, for Steve Smith. Um, I think he would have been the, the best receiver in the league uh, in, in today's game. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then Val's last question, uh, slightly more lighthearted. What happened to all the heavy kickers? Oh, RIP. I don't know. Randy, uh, there, there's a couple of heavy cookers still knocking about, aren't they? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Let's, R- let's be Rand- honest. Randy Rand- Bullock's still going. Yeah. He's, oh, he's a free a bit... agent. Oh, that's disappointing. Who's, who's kicker, um, for the Titans? Not sure who their kicker is this season, but, but he so, looks, yeah. he looks, very portly, um, <laughs> out of out of the Randy out of the Randy Bullock mold, to be honest. But yeah, it's why do you need to be you know athletic at kicker? Absolutely. I, I guess why wouldn't you be? I guess you've got nothing else to be doing, but you might oh, as well stay. You might Nick as well stay. Isn't that it, Nick Fogg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but he's he's still out of that old school range of uh, yeah the sea yeah. bass. I mean, but yeah, young way Coos ruining it, ruining it for everyone, isn't he? By actually being athletic. Yeah, that's, that doesn't help, you know. And uh, yeah. punters, athletic punters. I I get bit, you need to be a bit of athleticism as a punter. It goes a long way, yeah. I think. But at a kicker, I don't think you need to just put. You could put Mark Bosnich up there and just absolutely hammer him home, you know, and uh, <laughs> from 80 yards or whatever. Well, Mark Bosnich did like those white lines, didn't he? So. Oh, 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 allegedly. Not allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's fairly well proven. <laughs> well documented. All <laughs> uh, right. Any final thoughts from you this week, Ed? Uh, no, it's just been a real pleasure. Glad to be back. Um, hopefully the uh, audio technicalities can be uh, sort of sorted out in post. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to try a new setup, I think, because uh, that's three weeks running where I have uh, experienced technical difficulties. And a shout out to our sponsors, HelloFresh, uh, America's number one meal kit, um, and Harvey Norman for the amazing rugs that they do as well. So, I mean, surely after this week, we've got to mention the general, right? Oh, the general's insurance. What's that penguin doing? Anybody know? Why was there a penguin there? What's, what is the story behind that? Got a marketing focus group thought it was a good idea. Dawson bin on it. Half term, half price. Get him in there. <laughs> wow. On that bombshell. Um, it's been, a, been an absolute pleasure, mate. So until next week. Let's ride all the way down to the three-yard line because I can't get it in the end zone. (laughs) See you later.